You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Welcome to the Rebuilt Student Podcast. We are starting a new series today called Skin in the Game. But before we get into all of that, as always, I want to kick us off with what are you two loving? Daniel, Emily, thanks for being here with me today. Yeah, Allie. Well, we're talking about um, teen activism. We're going to get into um, some other things with racism and Black Lives Matter in this series. So, um, I just watched a movie that I think is relevant to this topic, uh, Selma. It's about oh, I have heard of that. March that Martin Luther King led in Selma, Alabama. Alabama. Selma, Alabama. And I didn't know a lot of. I just like it was a march in my head. I never really understood the the work that went into it and how they were resisted at first, and the feds came in. There was just a lot to the story that I didn't know um, and just learning about the nonviolent movement and everything. So highly recommend Selma. I have something to watch too is what I've been loving. I'm that Netflix series called When They See Us uh, just came out and I watched that and it's about really tragic story of a group of young teenage boys. One of them was really young, like middle school age too. Um, We're wrongly accused of just a vicious crime uh, and spent like 20 some years in prison. They spent different um, lengths of time depending on what they were arrested for. But it just followed all of their journeys through the trial and through their time in jail and then their time after jail and kind of coming out and working their way out of this hole that they were put in wrongfully. And just really tragic, but a really interesting perspective of these men's stories. Hmm. Yeah, mine's a bit different. I'm just (laughs) loving tennis. I played throughout high school, and then I stopped, just picked it back up, and I'm loving it. That's awesome. Did you play in high school? I did Um, for three years. Awesome. All good things. Doubles or singles? Doubles. They tried me out singles. Wasn't nearly as fun. Put me back (laughs) with my partner. (laughs) Always fun to be doing it with someone else. All right. Well, things we're loving that you could watch or do. Those are our recommendations right now this week. Well, as we said, we are starting our new series, Skin in the Game. Race and social systems, policing, protests are all being discussed right now more than ever. Ever. So through this series, we're just going to jump in with what do we have to say? What should we be doing? What are teens seeking and how can we support them right now? We're going to spend a few episodes on our thoughts and our approach. Yeah, but we have to be honest. This is a topic that's hard to touch. Oh, yeah. And that's really why we wanted to talk about it, too. We're not experts. We're figuring it out as we go along, as I'm sure that you are as well. And we've really tried to take a posture of learning Mm -hmm. because we have some ignorance. We know that we, um, we know far less than we could or we should know. Um, And we just want to acknowledge up front too that the political climate makes it increasingly difficult to talk about something like this. Um, Some are gonna think that we're gonna go too far. Others are gonna say Mm -hmm. we didn't go far enough. Some will say we spoke up too late. Others are gonna say we spoke up too early. And you may all be right in a way, but that's the crux of leadership. If you're doing it correctly, you have to make tough calls and communicate difficult things. Absolutely. But we also know that our teens are jumping right in because they see this as a matter of injustice. 
um, no matter where they fall on the issue. So that's why we're talking about it. Yeah, so let's stay high level today and talk just about teen activism. Teens don't have to weigh things as much when they jump into a cause. They just jump. They're eager. Anything that's a matter of fairness is a big deal to teens. I mean, look at history. During the civil rights movement, it was the college campuses that took charge. The young people are typically the fearless drivers that give force to movements. They're physically able, they're willing and eager, idealistic and hopeful. They're the ones that are willing to be on the front line and be the foot soldiers. Also, they don't have fully formed brains. They can get caught up in the emotion and just react or go off mission. They can be combative. But so can adults, and adults are dangerous because their brains are fully formed. They're not as open to the new ideas. Yeah, and throughout this whole time, we have seen our own teens, teens that we know, but just throughout social media and the news, we've seen them stepping up. As Emily said, they are the ones who are willing to be foot soldiers. They see injustice and they seek change, and they're willing to do whatever they can. We've said before in previous episodes that teens want to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And this is a platform that has opened up for them during this season that really gives them that chance. Um, Like I said, we've been seeing examples everywhere, even um, from our own teens. We've seen them going with their parents, with their moms to rallies to see democracy in action. We've seen moms not allowing teens to attend the rally because they couldn't for sure know that they were safe. They didn't want to put their child in that position. They didn't fully agree with everything that's happening. So there's different levels of the spectrum teens wanting to be engaged some parents are allowing it to happen encouraging it to happen and others are not being allowed to and that's a source of discomfort for them because they so desperately want to take action yeah and many teens in our area are just sitting it out at this point it really doesn't affect them a lot yeah i mean if we look honestly at the area that we serve and most of the teens in our program they're white middle class teens Mm -hmm. and so Um, it's a little bit distant for a lot of them. It hasn't affected their lives in a lot of ways. So they're not choosing to be active and yet they're still part of this teen world, um, where it's relevant and it's an issue and their friends are talking about it or, um, somehow it surrounds them. I also think more than ever right now, they're aware of the area that they live in and their um what's the word i'm trying to think of they're in proximity to it no but just their um privilege it was a p word (laughs) their privilege i think they're aware of it more um than ever right now and that's kind of opening this new wave of education and wanting more knowledge they probably just lived blindly not even realizing their privilege but right now they can't ignore it Yeah, and we have um, also a lot of teens of color that are in our area that are teens. Maybe they don't encounter them at our church necessarily. (laughs) We do have some teens of color, but not as many, honestly, as we would like. But they're going to school with a lot of Mm -hmm. friends and teens of color and, and mixed families. And a lot of times those families and those teens are being asked to share from their experience more than usual. And it is hard to be in that position and constantly be asked, what is it like? What is it like mm-hmm. to be black? I don't know what it's like. Um, and it comes from a good place. It does come from a good place, but it difficult. can be exhausting, mm-hmm. especially in a time like this when it's such uh, 
a big deal and on everybody's mind and you just want to ask but being the token black person in the room is mm. very difficult mm -hmm. how about learning do you feel like emily that teens are learning a lot during this point definitely um i think they're listening trying to figure out supportive responses definitely through social media it's been flooding with teens just mm. sharing how they feel about the situations yeah social media has been such a incredible platform throughout this time you've just seen everyone from every walk of life every experience um white and black alike and all other minorities and just sharing their stories and it's been you see the age differences from teens to adults to the elderly are sharing their stories and i think that's been a really cool way for all of us to learn throughout this i think what's interesting too about social media is that it's small sound bites it's harder to read the emotions of somebody through a screen than it is in person. Mm -hmm. And your social media, because of the algorithm algorithms and everything, you only get mostly things that you're going to agree with, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So you don't get a lot of contrasting opinions coming through your social media. It's just an interesting, different way of interacting. Not to say we can't learn from it, but... It's not the same as sitting across the table from somebody yeah. who you have a fundamental disagreement with. And that reiterates those personal conversations being so impactful. I feel like I've seen even on social media, I totally agree with what you're saying and get it. It's kind of mind blowing, but the, the way it works, but they always end with just ask someone, someone you know, ask them in your life because that personal conversation and connection will probably teach you a whole lot more than social media ever could from someone that you don't even really know. So how do we support teens, whether or not we believe that this is their cause or just activism in general, what is the process for supporting teens well in that? I think one of the things is certainly to begin with open conversation. So this is a moment of tension, which is why we wanted to talk about it here, which is why we need to talk about it with our teens. We can't run from those moments of tension because that's really where you earn credibility to speak truth into a teen's life. If you run from those things, mm -hmm. if you don't talk about um, sexuality or racism or any of the tough issues that teens are facing, then... It's just a surface level faith. And that goes back to what we've spoken about on authenticity. I mean, those topics, those tough topics are a part of these teens everyday lives. And if you're willing to open that conversation, be open to hearing their perspective about it, you don't have to even have answers. You don't have anything really to say or share, but just being open to it, to acknowledging that that is something that they're hearing about and learning about, that they have friends going through struggles with different topics like that. It just goes back to that authenticity of your relationship with them, that they'll appreciate so much. Yeah. So we call it the messy middle. Messy middle. That's what our pastor and <laughs> um, Brian from our staff gave a message about this a few weeks ago. And it is, it's messy because it's people, um, but work from a standpoint of relationships, not rules. We're going to talk about that a lot more in one of our episodes um, with this series because we really feel like that's what we have to contribute from a church perspective, from a godly perspective, um, is that we want to have these conversations about activism from the standpoint of relationships. So we'll get into that in uh, a future episode. But what else can we do to support teens? Well, as we've said, these conversations um, surrounding all of the 
things going on in the world today is going to be one of their most biggest cravings because it's probably the best way to make connection and learn for them. So giving them those opportunities to gather and share. And that doesn't mean that you as a parish need to facilitate those opportunities. You 100% can. It can even be done not in person, but just on your social media if you have that kind of following. Just opening a platform for them to be able to share with one another. It can come from a small group letter, in text messages, prayer chains, anything like that. And also, what we've had some experiences with this summer, just going, having a bonfire in the backyard with a group of teens and socially distanced and safe, but being able to gather in person and just share what they're going through, what they're thinking, what they're learning is probably one of the best ways to support them through this. Another great support is prayer. You can always pray with them, whether it's your personal cause Mm -hmm. or not, it's theirs. And whether you think it's right or not, you can always pray. You need to get specific and persistent because God wants you to ask exactly what you need. Absolutely. Yeah, and another point here in in praying with them and sitting with them, whatever that looks like, ask them lots of questions. Teens want some guidance, but they also want choices. They don't much like being told what to do. (laughs) We're not telling you revolutionary things here, but... It's important to remember that in moments like this when it's really easy to lecture or Mm -hmm. to give them our thoughts. Um, But we really want to help them to learn how to think and process, how to be informed, how to be engaged, not to follow blindly, but to gather information from a lot of sources, to learn from every situation. We don't want to teach them what to think, but how to think. Yeah, absolutely. So all of these are great ways to just support your teens and whatever causes their hearts are after in this with conversations and praying for them, asking questions. But I think it comes down to the very basic thing is to show them that you've got skin in the game, the name of this series, but to show them that you're in it with them, that you're learning as well, that you are interested in what they're seeking to learn, that you want to grow as well. Just be observant and responsive to what's important to them. And we like to close each of our episodes with one bright idea. So I'll share that with you today. Um, One thing that we've found is really effective in helping teens to build those relationships and helping them to get outside of themselves a little bit is to go and serve together at a place that makes you slightly uncomfortable. We take teens to a couple of our mission partners, Baltimore Station and my sister's place down in Baltimore City, because we encounter people who are very different from the reality that we live in out Mm -hmm. in Baltimore County. And we're not honestly particularly helpful when we go to these organizations. (laughs) They could do just fine without (laughs) us coming in, without us serving the meal. We go down there because we build relationships. And teens then are able to see not just issues, but people. Mm -hmm. And people that they can care about and that have a face and a voice. Um, So go and serve together. That's your bright idea for today. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us. We love you all very much. Tune in next time for episode two of our series, Skin in the Game, where we will discuss racism and the Black Lives Matter movement in terms of your students and ministry.